Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. The Force will be with you. Always. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. You are not a Jedi yet. And uh, I know, like, we all have like different levels of like fandom for Star Wars, and like, that's kind of what I'm. Um, play through the most recent Star Wars. Does that count? Yes, it, it, it actually, yes, it does. Because uh, we're gonna get into that. Because I, I want to talk about the video games, like, and I know we did. And your guys' episode, which we just recorded. So if anybody's listening to this episode, please go check out Gaming Casual Podcast. Uh, not just the episode that we just did, but all of them, because they're all really good, and check them out in the future. Uh, and also, Loon Kyle's here, and check him out on YouTube and Twitch. And uh, yes, thank you guys for being on this show. Um, first of all, let me ask, what is your earliest memory of Star Wars and whoever wants to go first go ahead and we'll just go we'll go from there being a little kid going to theaters to watch the prequel trilogy ooh the prequel trilogy best at earliest Man, that makes me feel old <laughs> I watched the first two prequels in the theaters as a kid before I ever saw the original trilogy man why does oh. everyone have to keep saying as a kid it was a kid <laughs> Like, that was the first movie I ever remember actually falling asleep in the theater for. Oh. <laughs> Twilight would have been super young. I was just saying it to rub it in. <laughs> I watched the original trilogy at my. <laughs> I watched the original trilogy at my grandparents' house. Ooh, it, did you I remember having uh, the, all the original movies on VHS? I still have them on VHS. I'm pretty That's sure I, I do probably. somewhere. I was. Yeah like 16 when i saw the original star wars that was pretty much only because my brother insisted that the prequels were a prequel and everyone already mm. knew that the anakin was going to go bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's no. how much i pay attention well and then actually uh for like my earliest solid memory that kind of plays in because yeah as a kid i also like i watched the original trilogy on VHS, because I think the last one of the original trilogy came out in 83. So I wasn't even born yet when the original trilogy had finished up. VHS was a thing when we were kids. That's a shocker. Uh, But uh, (laughs) I remember going to see episode two. And it was me and a buddy. My mother had bought our tickets prior because it was day of. Like we were seeing one of the early, early releases for it and everything. And we're standing in line. And this dude comes out from one of the other showings and he just screams out, Darth Vader is Luke's father. And everyone in the, well, no, but that's the thing. (laughs) It's episode two. So obviously everyone knows. It was like Anakin, Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. He's Luke's father. And everyone's just standing in the line, staring at this dude running running out of the theater, uh, screaming this. It kind of reminds me of the 
the thing that happened with the Harry Potter movies where some people at the theater just drove up saying, Dumbledore dies. Oh, yeah. you're talking about like when the book came out, people were driving in front of like books a million saying Snape kills Dumbledore. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Flipping out, dude. Of course, like <laughs> I, I, I can all it, it's become such uh, a main staple in, in, in pop culture. Uh, the whole Darth Vader, you know, Luke, I'm, yeah. I, I am your father. But it's not even properly quoted. Uh, yeah. So, I, the guy, I, oh, go ahead, Control. What's up? Well, man? I, well, I had, uh, I had known about Star Wars like memes through osmosis before Episode One even came out. Oh, and wow. so I, I find it <laughs> shocking that there's anybody that didn't know who Darth Vader was because I already knew the the you know I am your father line. I didn't. <laughs> you you learned about it through the water. Impressive. <laughs> I didn't know about the whole Darth Vader, Anakin, I'm your father stuff, but you guys know how little I actually interact with pop culture. That is well, true. Well, Star yeah. Wars is a weird thing, though, isn't it? I mean, most of us, I think all of us, weren't really around when the original trilogy came out. So we didn't really... You almost have options on how you begin the star wars movies right you can either start with the original trilogy that is episode four five and six or you can watch them in like order which is like yeah one through what nine now yeah so killed everyone in the empire chronological (laughs) or uh release the comic relief is a murderer or machete do you think that there is a proper way like do you guys have a preference that if somebody wanted to get into star wars uh, even though it's so I, popular these days, you know, but like, I, yeah, I truly would suggest starting with the original trilogy. Yeah, uh, the like the setup for it going four, five, six, one, two, three. It sets up so much more for the understanding of the story because, you know, you see certain aspects of it, but getting like the reveal as you're watching the original trilogy, because you get the little insights. It's like, oh yeah, Darth Vader has a fake hand. Well, now you get to see how that happened, but then you get to episode three and it's like, oh no, he doesn't just have a fake hand. He has a fake everything as a result (laughs) of this. Like, holy shit, the dude got set on fire. Lava fire. Yeah. Um, And then like for... Uh, Padme. It's like, yeah, you you get all this story detail for who was their father, but you never really get information on their mother. So then watching episode one, two, three, it's like, oh, that's who the mother is. That's the progression of her story. So I, I feel you get more appreciation watching it based on their release rather than chronological. Hmm. I can't I can't watch the prequels. I think if you're adventurous enough and you can withstand the prequels, then I would suggest the Machete Order. Hmm. Lightsaber doesn't like the prequels? I mean, their dialogue no, is if, trash. If, if, I, if I honestly had my... <laughs> Hot brothers, like, garbage dialogue. If I had to introduce somebody who's never been into Star Wars at all, like even an inkling into Star Wars, right, and I right. had to be like, 
you want to watch some Star Wars, I would truly just go four, five, six, seven, eight. Wow, Rogue that's one. A, that. I mean, that's a that's a hot debate, and that's something we we will get into as far as like where the prequels stand uh, among fans, and even you know just general cases. You know, yeah, I enjoy them way more when people explain them to me than I do sitting through them. I think okay, you know that's actually pretty fair. That's pretty fair. Uh, Loon Cow, man, how would you suggest people watch Star Wars? I'm definitely of the uh, the opinion that it should be uh, as release order. Definitely start with the original trilogy, and then if you can stomach it, go through the prequels and then the the sequel trilogy. Um, I think just the the way the story is laid out and. Some of the reveals in the original trilogy just work a lot better as they were originally intended rather than already knowing about the dynamic of Anakin being the father and all the other stuff. Okay, okay. What about you, Sedge? For the order in which to watch them? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously I'm always going to advocate watch the originals first, but the machete cut if that's the proper term for it. And I believe Light already said that. That is a really good way to get the story. So I believe that's four, five, two, two three, three yeah. six, and then on from there. Um, huh. What what is, that, so what is a machete cut, though? Is that like a general term, or is that like the term for... It, it, it's machete it's, order. Oh yeah, the machete order. I get why you said cut though. But okay. but yeah, the, it's a it's a different order of watching it. It preserves both the revelations allegedly it preserves the revelations of the the original trilogy while also deepening Vader's character. Oh, okay. Now would yeah. any of you guys like suggest that people um get into any of the like shows or anything that you know, like Clone Wars that just wrapped up the other day. Would that be something that you think is mandatory or you could That's, skip it? I would actually like because I, I mean, I said original prequel sequel, um, but I was thinking of other ways that it could be watched and still properly enjoyed. Like you skip one and three. Well, you skip one and three. Oh, OK. Because okay. one doesn't really set up much it just yeah. makes padme out to be a pedophile yeah and introduces <laughs> pod racing that never comes back up ever again um two no, if, instead of, in lieu of watching one just go look up that first fucking poster where anakin's shadow is vader and boom you yeah and then oh, go yeah. on to there youtube you and watch the pod racing scene yeah <laughs> that's all you need to do but you, so you watch episode two because you get the setup for the Clone Wars. You you get the setup for your big bad. You get the setup for the Clone Wars and everything. Then you go watch the Clone Wars series start to finish. Which gives you the progression of all these amazing characters. Sadly, you loot like some of them disappear, but they disappear in the course of that story now that they've properly finished it. And then you go to the original trilogy. Question. So, uh, answers. Do you do you include the Gendi Tartakovsky Clone Wars at all? 
Oh man, are you talking about like the one from like the the Samurai the Jack one? Yeah, yeah. art style. Yeah, those are awesome. Um, I, they're relatively I, short, so you could probably get them in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's yeah, there's not necessarily anything bad. I would all, I would probably intersperse them throughout the Clone Wars, tri- cool. like the original Clone Wars trilogy, and then you intersperse those episodes into it where they would make the most sense, um, because. The Clone Wars, you kind of get to see Anakin's proper development instead of what you get handed in Episode 3. Do you watch the Clone Wars movie at all? I never actually um, saw it. Oh, the okay, animated movie? I never saw yeah, the animated the one. Movie. Okay. Uh, I, I feel like the series does a much it. better job of getting the point across. Yeah. 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 I did watch it, but after I started Clone Wars, and I, I definitely feel it's unnecessary. So yeah, skip that. So you get your Clone Wars experience, and then you go into Episode 4. You miss out on, well, how did he become Vader? Which is fine. I'd almost say you could probably just put in the last lightsaber battle of Episode 3 at the end of, like, towards the end of Clone Wars. So you get the, this is how he became Vader. Here's Vader's send off in clone wars now you go into you know actually you could throw it into uh rogue one you include the idea that padme apparently died of sadness no because we skipped uh, that movie yeah we skipped that movie entirely so you don't get that <laughs> it worked so much better do we include rebels uh, uh see i didn't like rebels i know a lot uh, of people we... loved it i was not a fan I gotta say, I went... Well, go ahead, go ahead, somebody else. I feel like Rebels, it has its issues, but it's not really necessary that? for the core Star Wars experience. It's it's definitely more of a side thing. Meme. <laughs> You're gonna the see sand meme. <laughs> yeah, the sand meme can go to hell. <laughs> Directly <laughs> to hell. Yep. Um, that just keeps coming up in my Saturday D&D game. But yeah, so you go into episode four, you understand who Vader is, you understand mm-hmm. who the rebellion is because you had uh, episode one, or uh, you have Rogue, Rogue one. one. Yeah. You get an understanding of well, what's going on in this intro sequence. You understand exactly what's happened there because of the Death Star plans, and then yep. it rolls into the rest of the series with very little lost. Now, if they end up making a movie or some sort of segue between uh, six and seven, we'll see what happens with that. But that is a wholly different story to well, uh, to when, be delved into. When it comes to the the, the shows, I kind of had a similar reaction to each one, and that was that like. When they denounced the show, I'd be like, oh, it's kid shit and I don't like the art style. And then I'd watch it and I'd really enjoy the show. Like, so I enjoy Clone Wars, Rebels, and Resistance. Like, I think they're all fucking dope. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Resistance, man. Is that like the most recent one that's like more in tied with the newer trilogy? Yeah, it has like Poe and everybody, and it's got that really weird art style. Yeah. Oh, that's the uh, the art style that they did the uh, um 
Oh, dang it. I'm blanking on that show now. It was a... It was basically Transform... Or not Transform. It was basically Power Rangers in Space. It's that, like, CG... CGI. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that yeah. That weird middle ground that never really sits right. <laughs> right. That's kind of like what Netflix does with a lot of anime nowadays, kind of, sometimes. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, well, that's interesting because, you know, we are uh, in the year 2020, and at this point we have nine Star Wars films that are in the quote-unquote Skywalker saga. Um, and we also, mm -hmm. also have, you know, video games and... Uh, books and these shows like Clone Wars and also uh, these other movies uh, like Solo, Rogue One, um, you know, so it, it it's almost growing each year more and more. So I, I it's as a, a Star Wars fan, it's interesting to see, you know, where do you start? You know, it can almost become intimidating for newer fans, I'm assuming, um, you know, for me, uh, yeah, I watched the original trilogy on VHS. Like, my stepdad got me into it. Like, we, I went to my local comic book shop, and I guess because my name was Lucas, the guy that ran it kept, you know, saying, Luke, I'm your father, and all that stuff. So, <laughs> and then George Lucas and all that. So, I was always forever, like, kind of tied to Star Wars in a way. And uh, I really fell in love with the original trilogy. And then, obviously, was it like 99 or 2000? We got Phantom Menace and the prequels, which those were geared towards me, you know, or any of us that were young enough at that time to uh, enjoy yeah. those. You know, they, I know a lot of older fans probably were harsher on it because, yeah, Anakin Skywalker is a kid. You know, Darth Vader is just this 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 boy on Tatooine, and uh, it's not even Luke Skywalker. He's just like an actual kid. And just all these different things that people really like to uh, pick out about the prequel, and not all of them are wrong at all um sure. yeah jar jar you know but like as a kid you're like oh my gosh i think i just vomited a little at that mention <laughs> i was i was nine years old were uh, you cool. yeah in 99 whenever phantom menace dropped and i was all about jar jar i even had the weird gross lollipop thing oh, i had a no. dancing jar jar like i fucking i thought he was the most hilarious thing to ever exist and you realize that he doomed the universe. And Darth Maul was the coolest. He well, Maul was the coolest. I I think they did Maul justice in the later, in like Clone Wars and. Oh yeah, well, the, the later yeah. stuff for for Darth Maul was really good. They he had a short bit in the movie, but as, as a character in the expanded universe outside yeah. of films. Yeah, they, they did him proper justice. Yeah, he's great in Clone Wars and Rebels, for sure. Mm, see, I fall in this camp of, like, why did you bring Darth Maul back into the picture? But see, that's that's how everybody felt whenever it first started happening, but what they ended up molding with him did turn out to be amazing. Yeah, like, I, I and I haven't, and I'm going to be honest, I haven't followed beat by beat, and I, I know he was even up until recently a part of the you know clone wars finale and stuff like mm -hmm. that and also he's isn't he in rebels because they have that episode of him yep. and obi-wan on tatooine uh they have so much more than that in that show and and <laughs> it's just i don't know like darth maul was just such a badass character 
but it also was like yeah the dude got chopped in half and fell down a shaft and it it kind of seems like sometimes they just try to make certain characters like Bubba Fett you know yeah Uh, no I don't I don't disagree I was kind of hoping you'd continue on with what happened to Darth Maul because like when you say it out loud he has the dumbest story but when you watch it it's really compelling I would well, argue they, that them killing him off in the first movie was a big mistake. And oh, you can yeah. tell because as soon as they got to uh, the second movie, they just had a complete, they had to reintroduce a brand new character. And I was like, oh yeah, this is the like second command. And he's the, oh, the guy that's helping. Yeah. He's General like, he, Grievous. He's, he's here to help the uh, separatists, you know, get their plans up and running. But it's like, you know, you already had a character that could have done that role, but you just killed him off because. Yeah. Well, and and that was a big issue with the prequel trilogy in general is they didn't have one overarching villain because they kept killing them off. Like they killed off. They killed off Maul. They killed off Dooku. They killed off Grievous. Like each movie had a different antagonist. Well, is it because to get all meta and deep? Because we all know that at the end of the day, Anakin's the actual antagonist. Like he's the villain. All these other guys are just like stepping stones. They're going to play a role in who this character is going to become and his downfall. Because like on paper, but they didn't and, execute it well at all. And that, well, yeah. I was going to say like they didn't even do it for that. Like the only one that Anakin himself kills is Dooku. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> out, out of all of them, it's like Obi Wan blasted Grievous. Obi Wan yeah. killed Maul. So it's like. Yeah. Obi-Wan is the BAMF of the universe. Uh... <laughs> yeah, the way uh, Dooku goes out was pretty funny just because, uh, you know, you, you wonder how much do it. He was like in in in, in like in on the plans that Palpatine was doing. So like in that moment, he looks at him and when yeah, when Palpatine does that, like do it. He was like, dude, no, really? Kill him. Like, Kill him like, now. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Wait, uh, I thought we were like cool, man. I, I was I was kind of hoping that Dooku was going to like, you know, try to say everything like, hold up, Anakin. He's really a bad man. You know, and just, no, he didn't yeah. get a chance. Yeah. Uh, Dooku was an old man, too. I mean, look, uh, who's the actor who plays him? Christopher... Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Yo, okay. So all respect goes to Christopher Lee. And uh, okay. let's be honest, one of the coolest scenes as a kid, and even today a little bit, let's be honest, is when in Attack of uh, the Clones, mm-hmm. we get the Yoda and, and Count Dooku. That was pretty badass. I mean, they're two yeah. old Jedis, you mean basically. The, the small green Beyblade versus the old man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's amazing to watch. It was so cool. Yeah. When you see Yoda walk in and you're like, oh shit, and he drops his stick. And he grabs his lightsaber. I don't even think we've ever seen Yoda up to that point have a you know lightsaber in his hand, like no, not even training. When he was originally envisioned, it, there was a difference between Jedi Masters and Jedi Knights in Lucas's head, and the idea was that Yoda never had a lightsaber. Like back whenever they did Empire, I like and that. And whenever they're working, yeah. But then whenever he's working on the prequel, he's like, you know, be badass if <laughs> Yoda was did a bunch of flips. <laughs> Hell Make yeah. the computers do it, boys. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and it, and he has a he has a pretty cool fight in the third one too. But go yeah, ahead, Sedge. Oh, I was just gonna say that uh, I was just gonna do a little anecdote based on what Light was saying with George. But yeah, no, that fight in the Senate chamber 
in Revenge of the Sith is amazing because that's one of the few times we actually get to see the Force doing something else than, you know, slightly pushing people or tricking them. Yeah. <laughs> I need to lift my saber. You, you guys, you guys, <laughs> you know the uh, weird juxtaposition uh, between how they're doing all the flippy dippies in the prequel trilogy, and then like a mere 20 years later, it's two old men thwacking sticks together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what a fix I always thought about for that? George Lucas is always going back and retinkering the movies constantly, right? Right. And all he has to do is, in that specific scene, you know that weird like time-space distortion you get from grenades in video games, if that makes sense? Yeah. yeah. That weird warping. Just put that around uh obi-wan and vader every time they clash together as though they're both using the force and fighting with lightsabers and they're so like powerful the, that, like you're moving you know, too like, fast you can't comprehend what they're doing no just that just that like it's powerful enough that you can see the power but you Between don't actually them? know what they're doing. Uh, i gotcha yeah Did, i actually like, in, go ahead go ahead finish your thought well, just oh, instead that's... of like it, instead of lightning bolts and some other thing in this, it's just that weird warping of space time. Right. My my personal opinion for that, they should have actually removed that lightsaber fight between Vader and Obi-Wan. I think the ending sequence for the fight mm. would have been from Luke's perspective. You see Obi-Wan basically get force pushed out into the open. Vader walks up. They have a, like, short clash of swords, but Vader's obviously already winning the fight, and he just knocks the blade away. Like, at this point, Vader's not trying. Obi-Wan looks beat down. And then you have the sequence where Obi-Wan sees Luke and then proceed as normal. You mm. don't see the whole fight. You just see Obi-Wan is now tired and weary yeah darth vader is still dominating and then it you know cuts short there because obi-wan realizes no i can't beat you on strength but i'm going to win in the long run did did anybody ever see that youtube video that's the uh the, the episode for the fight yeah i oh, have yeah dude that's so badass, man. I just seen it recently for the first time. So, and I, I don't know how long it's been out there, bro, but man, I it, like be, if if people will go check that out, it for me because think about that conversation that they have. Like when I left you, I was just the apprentice or whatever, right? It seems like they're just like I'm uh, I'm one up in you. But if you go into the prequels, you're like Anakin was like, I hate you. He was like, he was on fire. <laughs> like you felt like Darth Vader when he did get a chance to see Obi-Wan again, it wouldn't be just like, ha ha, look at me now, bro. Like I yeah, got this best star. I am the master. It's like, yeah. Yeah. He just seems like he's just like cocky in that sense. It didn't seem like, dude, you took everything away from me, even though he, you, we know that that's not really it. Anakin did that all to himself, you know, but he still would come from no, that perspective. Make, I get you, you know? yeah. But do we think that this is the first time that Vader oh. and Obi-Wan have confronted each other again? Is it? I do. I like, guess. It, well, it's, it's supposed to be set up, like designed that Obi-Wan's 
pretty much spent the rest of his days on Tatooine after getting Luke there. But yeah, that, would, that was the implied story. It would make sense that so fighting against some hot shit. Anyway. But it would also make sense that maybe Vader went back to Tatooine for some reason, hunting Other Jedi, Jedi who might be trying to hide in the Outer Rim. Like, maybe this isn't the first time they fought, and Vader knows that. Like, maybe, mm. maybe Obi-Wan was in disguise when they fought, so he didn't see it, but he kind of felt it, and now he's like, okay... Obi-Wan's yeah, back. Well, when he's Disney, on the Death Star... You're, you're listening. You know what to do. Well, like, he, he's walking around the Death Star, and he's like, I feel that, you know, I feel that presence. Like, he felt Obi-Wan, but he didn't react any other way. Like, ah, oh, that's just familiar to me. He kind of... So maybe they do have some kind of encounter. And, I mean, because, I mean, Obi-Wan probably did stay on Tatooine a lot of the time, but they are making that Disney Plus show. So I, I'm sure that's going to fill in the blanks. And I, I guess it'd be interesting to see if Obi-Wan ever felt tempted to go, you know what, Luke's obviously fine here. I got to go and finish off Vader. And maybe he he, he debates that and contemplates uh... that. And Yoda's like, dude, no. The only way that this is going to work out is if you got to make sure that young Skywalker is ready. Like... There's nothing you can do. Like, I, I, I feel like maybe it would only make sense because we, we do see how bitter Obi-Wan is about Darth Maul killing Qui-Gon, you know? And, and yeah. so it would only make sense that Obi-Wan was a Jedi that wasn't, I don't know. He just like, he was like the cool substitute teacher, you know? He just seemed like, you know, he knew like even when he was in the prequels with Anakin, he's like, yeah, I know Anakin you know, is somebody who wants to do what he wants, but he has potential. So I'm going to give him some slack, but Hey man, we got these rules that we got to follow, you know? So I, you know, I could see him kind of battling with himself over, you know, I, I, master Yoda, we can't just sit here and hide for whatever amount of time between then and, and, and a new hope. So I think that would have drove him insane, honestly, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is kind of an insane old man when Luke gets in the. That's yeah. <laughs> ah, yes, I am Ben Kenobi. Of course, I know him. He is me. me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever uh, remember. I I still just imagine when Obi Wan's like, "Oh, I don't remember owning a droid." R two just beeps. The fuck? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> right? Are you serious? Um, and then uh, another thing to tie into... Oh, dude, I think Siri tried to listen in on me. My bad. Uh, the, the droids are uprising. Exactly. But when we get that scene with Darth Vader in Rogue One, that's also another version of Vader just being not just the guy who fights Obi-Wan in New Hope, you know? Oh. That that badass scene of like power and him just yeah. like slicing and dicing and throwing dudes up into the ceiling and shit. It was excuse my, me while I just food. walk down this hallway <laughs> casually. Oh, don't mind the bodies. My two favorite moments in that entire uh, uh, scene are when Vader throws a dude up against the ceiling and casually dices through him. Mm. And when that other dude is just panicked, freaking the fuck out, like here, take this. And then the blade goes through him and the door finally opens. Ugh, so good. 
has, has anybody ever watched a new hope right after rogue one since that scene and, and that movies came out yes uh yes actually yeah. do they blend tv special D- does yeah, it does it, it work you have to give a new reading to whenever Leia's talking to Oh, okay. it, yeah, it does blend. I, w- I will put it that way. It does blend. Yeah. All right. So we, we've talked a lot about the prequels, and um, I do want to get, I, I guess, more in depth with certain things from them. But this uh, this deal with the original trilogy. So you got A New Hope, you got Empire Strikes Back, and you got Return of the Jedi. All right. I want everybody to rate, like, rank those, okay? So what's your favorite to least favorite of the original trilogy? And quickly, if you'd like, go ahead and say why and why not. So whoever wants to go first. Uh, If I had to rate them, I would probably say uh, A New Hope is my favorite. Um, Then Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith. Or no, sorry, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, so Empire Strikes Back is your least favorite out of the trilogy? I I mean, I would say so, yeah. Even though it does have the awesome battle oh. on Hoth. And I know that that is not the popular opinion. No props. But I, I super enjoy A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. Okay, okay. What about you, Control? Uh, I'm actually of the opinion for, uh, I guess most to least five, four, six. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, just because the way I look at it is four does a great job setting everything up, but a lot of the actors haven't really gotten fully into the character. Hmm. Episode 5 has the most intriguing interactions with each of the characters. It sets up a lot of the details, you know, Luke going through his training, his brashness. Um, 6 just... The back half of Episode 6 felt flat to me. Even, Even with, like, how the stakes were... It just felt very bland. It's like, oh yeah, this is, you know, the last push. You know, everything hinges on this. And if you never really felt that weight of the either inevitable demise or the possibility of victory. It never really felt like that weight was there. Hmm. I can see where you're coming from with that. I mean, I know that Return of the Jedi uh, from popular consensus is the least favorite to a lot of people. And it's actually one of my my favorites. Uh, I think there I think whenever we're looking at things as a whole, um, we nitpick and we pick out like, OK, what I really liked from all three of these movies are this and this and this. And Return of the Jedi is just really anything with Luke, how badass he became you know how confident he shows up to uh mm-hmm. uh Hutt's, oh dude yep. th- th- that whole that whole swagger that he brings now he's like you know mm-hmm. he's got that new wardrobe you know he feels like he's yeah i'm a jedi knight now you know so 
there's that in the whole dynamic with Vader. But yeah, I mean, the thing about Star Wars is that it kind of repeats a lot of those. Okay, at the end, there's going to be three different things going on. You're going to have Jedi's fighting something. You're going to have a land battle or the rebels doing something. Then you're going to have a space battle. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's where I respect Revenge of the Sith a little bit. Or a lot, actually. Think about it. That movie starts in reverse almost. We open up with a space battle. And then by the end... It's just a nine-minute lightsaber fight. Hell yeah. Which Uh, I still love that fight. Specifically because they purposefully slowed it down. Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor were so practiced and so good at that lightsaber fight, they slowed it down because the cameras couldn't properly keep up and they believed that people wouldn't think it really happened at that speed. Damn. (laughs) Damn. If you like, Uh, it's on YouTube. Find the clips of them practicing. And like, you'll see scenes like, you know, they're going at it for a couple of minutes, but then you look at them, they're drenched in sweat. They've been practicing that, like those maneuvers for hours, it seems like. Hmm. It's incredible, man. I mean, I I know a lot of people uh, discuss the practical effects of the originals, but um, when it comes to that, that lightsaber combat, like those people who played those parts like did practice and train and really try to do as much as they can to make that seem believable almost like you're saying to to a crazy point yeah go ahead control uh every lightsaber fight in the prequels is top notch oh dude way better than any of the ones in the original right is that fair to say? Does everybody agree oh, with that or disagree? I mean, if we're judging, if we're judging on just watching a clip, <laughs> then I would agree. If we're judging in general, no, because the the fights in the OT have weight, like yeah. thematically and story wise. The the way that I would put it, and to to correct, I'm control. That's light. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you've oh, been mixing. You've been mixing us up. I. Uh, oh no, I, it's I, it's fine. We've both caught I, on. I, I, okay my bad my bad um but no in in episode one two three the lightsaber battles are fast and energetic and the reason i actually am okay with four five and six having like those slower more heavy lightsaber battles outside of the fact that they were swinging around metal rods instead of you know thin plastic Mm -hmm. tubes is i actually like to think of it that Darth Vader at this point has been through both physical hell and a mental hell. Mm, okay. Because I actually, I actually personally think that uh, Obi Wan was probably there at that battle, berating Darth Vader or discussing with Vader, like, "This is your son. Are you really going to go all out against him and try and kill him?" Yeah. And Luke is not fully trained. Yes, he is a Jedi, but I like he is not to, you know, quote uh, Mace Windu. You are not. (laughs) You are a Jedi. Like we allow you to sit at the table, but you are not a master. We grant you the rank of Jedi Knight, but you are not a Jedi master. Yeah. Mm. And and I I think Luke is kind of at that precipice. he's, He's at that precipice point where, yeah, he's almost a master, but. 
there's still a long way for him to go before he could truly actually stand on par with Vader. So Vader is at that tipping point. So he's not exerting full force against Luke, which is why he's kind of trying to goad him. Yeah. Instead plus, of just duke it out. Yeah. And, and plus it's his son, you know, like we, we understand the conflict inside of him, you know, and, and he has that cool line where he's telling Luke, like, you know, Obi-Wan trained you well, but you are not a Jedi yet or something along those lines. So yeah. I, it, it, it's, it's interesting to kind of look at all of it together, knowing what we know now and seeing certain scenes and how they play out, like what was going on actually, uh, you know, inside the psyche of Vader or even Luke. Cause we see like Luke in, in return of the Jedi lose his shit for a moment when he's just swinging on Vader and cuts off his hand. Oh, yeah. That's him giving into the dark side. Like that yep. wasn't, that's not a Jedi like face when you see him just bah, bah, bang. And, and then, yeah. And then he does that thing that Luke would never do. He throws away a lightsaber. Oh, God. I am red on night. <laughs> like my father before me. Uh, Lun Kao, tell me, what's up, man? What? Uh, how would you rank the original trilogy? So if I were to go about ranking the originals, I would go Empire, New Hope, and then Return of the Jedi. Mm. Like, starting from A New Hope, I think it's just a really well, solid, all-around movie. You know, it's designed to be self-contained, and I think they hit that very well. But then you get the Empire, and I feel like they just really successfully build off of the stakes. Uh, the, there's just much more emotion involved. All the characters feel more themselves. Uh, the action's even improved, arguably. So, big, bu big ups there. But then you get the return, and... While I really love the ending of that movie, I feel like you can literally cut the runtime in half and you don't miss on it. Mm. You mean like so, remove everything with the Ewoks? <laughs> yeah, like I could do without the Ewoks, and I, I feel like a lot of the uh, a lot of the heist to get Han back doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like, why is why is Luke gonna risk his friend's life in his den of thieves and bandits <laughs> when he could just walk in himself right off the bat and get the mission accomplished? I don't know. <laughs> Because he and, was the last resort. He didn't plan on doing that. Well, and I actually think they could have split that into two movies. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Um, having having the setup of getting Han back could have could have literally been its own movie where you get the clips of Luke finishing his training and you have Leia and Lando planning out and initiating their plan to get Han back. And they they are in contact with Luke. They tell them what their plan is. Luke gets a vision of it going south, but by this point they're radio silent. Luke can't get direct contact with them. And then Luke goes there to rescue them. You expand a lot of the sequences that happened that felt kind of cut short. Because oh, there's yeah, a like, lot uh, of the, like time the, jumps. The yeah, there, there's plenty of time jumps that are going on. So you could expand on some of the aspects. You could get a full film from just that first half. And then the second half is them reconnecting with each other, finding out about, you know, the expansion of the uh, the Empire and the second Death Star. Hmm. Heck, you, could, you could have the reveal of the second Death Star at the end of that third movie. 
where mm-hmm. you know they're they're finally back together and they meet up at one of the rebel bases and the final lines are basically oh thank goodness you're back our spies have found something and you just see this holographic image of the second death star in the background oh that would have been aw- that would have been an awesome reveal bro I'm all I'm all for that because the, <laughs> the the only other time that we got like a, a Death Star reveal was like on Geonosis, right? Like yeah, they had re- the little yeah. clip, but that yeah, it was like kind of just like oh shit, was that the Death Star? <laughs> you know, like there wasn't really like a setup like that. And if you at that point in time, you know, you would be like oh shit, the Death Star is something serious. Now it's kind of become a trope in Star Wars where you have this moon-like you know uh base that can destroy planets and now in the newer trilogy can blow up more than one planet uh it's a serious weapon you know and and i think the death star has become so iconic just and it's really just a ball you know like it's got a simple ass design but because of just like the destruction that it brings and what you know what takes place in and around that in those movies it's it's crazy man that would have been really cool if they split up return of the jedi i kind of wish that they would have it seems like you know like loon kyle was referencing like there are some things that could have just we could have gone without um or if you were to do it that way you would do it like you said and kind of like let it kind of flow out in a in a more natural way um well and i know so, for oh, uh for the the ewoks like apparently part of the reason they had to use Ewoks was because they it was I'm not sure if it was a funding thing or like an error with costume department, but something got screwed up and they didn't have like the right casting or the right uh, uh, outfits. And so they ended up going with Ewoks. It was supposed to be Wookiees. It yeah. was supposed to be Kashyyyk originally oh, wow. for that movie. It was like that would have been a much more grand scale battle with that over yep 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 oh gosh <laughs> like god damn it <laughs> uh light what's uh yeah. what's what's your original trilogy ranking so i want to say that they all hold the same rank but in order it'd be five four six like uh control and loot and cow Okay, cool, cool. Any particular reasons, anything that hasn't been brought up already that you might want to bring up as far as like why you view the movies in that order? Well, Empire is like just objectively the best of the original trilogy. However, I really love the first time that I ever saw A New Hope. The, the thing that I dislike is when you hit the special editions, the scene between Han and Jabba even if Ugh. they fixed it, even if they fixed it to be perfect, uh, with like the Java CG stand-in, it, I still hate it. I think it kills the movie. I think it brings it to a dead halt. I don't re- like. I've only ever seen the special editions, yet I don't remember that scene from the first time I was introduced to Star Wars. Bro, the special editions are a whole, whole a other mess. topic. Uh, what was it was well, it in return of the jedi with the 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 concert like that band that just like, yeah was, uh, uh, yeah jedi yeah. rocks i heard that 
<laughs> Damn you, like, George! George! When, uh, when Control was talking about splitting Return of the Jedi into two films, I said we could finally have a full six-minute cut of Jedi Rocks. <laughs> in that first Whenever I think of Jedi and music, all I can think of is that one game that included like a dance party of... Oh, Star Wars Robert. Connect? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I am Han Solo. Where Han oh, Solo God. basically discos his way on a across the uh, Death Star with stormtroopers oh, in tow. Yep. No. Uh, Pal- the Emperor doing it. Pal- off Pal- against- yeah. Oh gosh. But what, I what, it, I really love the Ewok. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was gonna ask you guys um, because I mean, it, when when talking about Star Wars and specifically the original trilogy, it's. It's kind of hard to not reference things that have already been discussed a lot, right? I mean, but there is something that I've always found curious. Why Why do you guys think that George did do the special editions? And why do you think he made the changes that he did make? Well, as somebody who looks at, like, their own doodles and will redraw them and recolor them, I get it. Ah, I, go ahead, Seth. I know why he made the change specifically to the Han Greedo scene. There's always the thought at the back of your mind that if I give it another pass, it'll come out better. Well, mm-hmm. so the Han Greedo scene, you know, Han shooting Greedo in cold blood at the table. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> no, Han shot first. And uh, I... yeah. no, <laughs> no, no, we're not getting. No, we're... there is no first in the in the original version of that scene. That's right. Fair enough. Han shot. Greedo never got a shot off. But it's still in self-defense and it's obvious. Yes, but the whole point of the reshoot was he wanted to paint Han as a more heroic character, and he, in his mind, a hero wouldn't just blast somebody in cold blood like that. It's yeah. like how the hero like, cops they, wouldn't aim at a ch- aim a gun at a child on a bike. Wait, wait, so that's why like they get walkie-talkie. <laughs> oh, are you talking about for E.T.? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. They changed that back quickly. Well, but, it, it, I mean, I, I, I can, I can agree to like the perfectionist, like, hey, you know, like I want to get the best out of this work, and it, obviously George wasn't expecting Star Wars to be what it became, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, now it's like all that he could do, right? It, but, to a point because, where he, oh, go for it. He was the creator. He, there are certain areas that he looks at and sees flaws with that nobody else cares about. And then there are glaring areas where he misses out on chances to fix things. And then there's areas where he fixes what he should have. Like, I now, think you, opening up uh, uh, Bespin was a smart uh, move. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. That, that actually works. Well, like, do you think any of those things uh, ran into the prequels? And how he treated making those films. Like a lot of yeah. people view the prequels as very CGI heavy. Like it was just George just going like, look, we don't even need to. We don't need sets, bro. We got green screens, blue screens. We got this, yeah. that, computer, CGI. Uh, you know, where uh, the originals were all practical. They Well. For the most they, part, right. Both of them are pushing special effects, though. Like... There may not have always been it it may not have always had the the perfect outcome, but like the prequels literally pioneered CG. And it's a shame that it had to come at a time where 
it is just green screen and tennis balls because nobody can figure out like hey let's just put a couple people in green screen suits so that the actors have something to interact with right uh but it does eventually pioneer that in the same way that like polar express is a super ugly movie but without it we wouldn't have like the performance capture of like the last of us those solar size so are you are you basically telling me like that if we didn't have jar jar binks we wouldn't have thanos jar jar binks (laughs) is the first mocap character i'm definitely telling you that Oh God, that's a <laughs> horrifying realization. To so, have. what's more horrifying is that the that the dude got death. Come on. Yeah, that it did get out of hand. I mean, that's the it's thing about any ball. fandom. Yeah. Star Wars has a lot of controversies like that. It, Star Wars also has a lot love... of asshole fans. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the toxic area of the Star Wars fandoms loves to hate on the actors. Yeah, yeah, it, they do. They do blame the actors for stupid decisions of directors. I still feel so bad for Kelly Marie Tran. Exactly. Oh yeah. I, I, I feel bad for her. I still hate her character. Yeah, you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But don't but hate don't... the character. Just don't don't harass the actual actress. Yeah. Right. Right. No, no, no. I think you guys brought up a really good point. Like, it's about keeping it separate. You know, I, I know that there's a lot of passionate fans out there for not just Star Wars, but for a lot of things. But it's almost like what, you know, we're all fans of video games, right? So when something like that happens in uh, video games, how like the people that really aren't actually responsible for the that, that outpour of rage or anger or whatever, you know, they get they get the worst you know end of the stick when it comes to that and it's it, it, yeah. it is something that needs to i don't think you can ever really control that you know um especially now in the day and age of social media and stuff like that uh yeah. imagine if phantom menace came out and we had twitter and facebook i mean oof, i want to i oof, i don't oof. think we'd ever get an episode two or three uh, two or three yeah if we yeah. had if Twitter and the internet was as popular as it was now, but that's, that's as, it as now. popular as it was then. Look at what happened. There were changes made to the prequels. George Lucas felt burnout on star Wars. He fucking sold it to Disney later. Like yeah. that's yeah. all from a man who, who felt shame for what the fandom put him through. And imagine, and what... imagine it being during this era of the internet where like outrage and hatred is just, the norm like yeah multiplied uh exponentially i mean it did fix sonic yeah yeah that's true i mean there there are certain things like that are just like common sense would tell you like we all know as fans of a lot of these things whether it's movies uh you know video games and pop culture entertainment all these things right you know that there are people that are making decisions that are so disconnected uh, you know, but when it came down to George um, or anything with him, you know, it, it, that's his baby. You know, like he had all the control, the creative control. Right. I don't think anybody was telling him, George, you need to do this or his wife, his wife, who his okay. wife wasn't involved in the, the prequels. first trilogy or yeah, in the uh, in she the was prequels. involved in the yeah, she was involved in the originals, not the prequels. Ah. And it shows. <laughs> well, and, and, but what's well, funny and that was is the thing, like she was big on. She handled the dialogue, I think. 
his first wife for the first movie saved it with the edit. She did the editing for the final space battle. Oh, uh, second wow. wife might have helped with script. I don't know. I know that she worked with uh, production stuff. And also Carrie Fisher did uh, script doctoring on the original. Oh, wow. I did not know any of that. Huh. I, like oh, yeah. when Her uh, entire career after Star Wars is script doctoring. Well, like, what I was going to bring up real quick is, uh, you know, as much as people bash on the prequels, which is something we can kind of segue into, um, like, when you watch people's reactions after they watch Phantom Menace for the first time, where people just like, oh my gosh, this is the best Star Wars movie ever, you know, it's in that time, you know, people were going to certain movies just to watch the trailer, you know, we're not in the day and age of YouTube. Uh, you know, or, or reactions, or reviews, and all that stuff. So, you're, I think you guys got a good point about how fandoms react to things, especially once they get so invested, you know, and how much time is between certain, uh, like film release, you know, especially with the prequels. Like, what's the, what's the, uh, gap between Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace? Isn't it like almost like 10 plus years or something like that? Uh, uh it, no, it was almost, uh, 20 years almost, almost 20 damn or, 83 to 99 yeah 83 oh, to 99 wow. yeah and then revenge of the sith came out when and then uh, we got force awakens revenge of the sith 2004 yeah, uh four or five. 2005 okay so and wow we didn't get force awakens until when uh force awakens came out i believe what? 2015 so it was 10 years yeah wow um, so we, I mean, ahead, that's, that's the thing. It's such a gap between the trilogies, you know, and they change hands so much. I, I, I applaud Lucas for at least, you know, trying to keep that Star Wars feeling alive for Phantom Menace. And it did bring an entire new generation into Star Wars. Really, the people who don't like it are jaded fucks like me who go back and watch it. <laughs> and uh, hate the cinematography and the characters and think the acting's atrocious. But I I, I loved the Phantom director. Menace as a kid. But this is pot racing. Like, I I watched it in theaters and I, I loved it. And I was Darth Maul for Halloween. And I, I, th- I thought, this is it. I'm a Star Wars fan. There, and then... There's a... Go ahead. I was going to say, there's a picture of me from when I was from after episode one came out in like the Bart's party store bought Anakin pod racer uniform. (laughs) Yeah. And then it came to home video and I was like, you know what? This is really boring. And I, I, I couldn't watch a prequel after that. I saw, I saw attack of the clones in theaters and I literally walked out of the theater, not remembering any of it. I can watch the second half of Attack of the Clones. Yeah, when they're on Geonosis. Yeah. yeah. If I watch the first half, I I can't make it through the movie. George Lucas can't write interpersonal relationships. George Lucas can't write dialogue. Yeah, and and that's part of what makes interpersonal relationships. It's like combat, you know, a, a developed world. Hell yeah, give it to him. But anytime it comes to people talking or interacting with each other, give it to someone else. <laughs> well, 
even his direction of just Hayden Christensen's facial expressions, like some of the some of the deepest scenes in Revenge of the Sith are just Hayden Christensen staring angrily at something. You're gonna look creepier. You're gonna look creepier, Hayden. <laughs> now, now, see, that's the thing. Like, I like, I like Hayden. I, I think he fits the look. I just think that. Uh, as much as the dialogue was an issue, I think George also was kind of lazy when it came to directing. Just be like, all right, yeah, that's a good cut. All right, moving on. You know, he, I don't think he knew how to really work with actors, but that's okay. Like, that's the thing about this whole story. You can't be that. You you can. Okay, so George R. R. Martin can write a really good novel, right? Let's just say that. But can he also uh, direct a show? Can he also do this? Can, you know, like, so... To ask yeah. George to do all of that and be good at everything, I guess I'm trying to defend him a little bit, but I also feel like it was it. his I choice, you know, to have all that control. Um, well, in the beginning, especially for Phantom Menace, he tried really, really hard to get somebody else to direct it. Oh, damn. I wonder what it would have been like. Like, okay, here's the essential question. Michael Bay. Would uh, mm. do you guys think that the prequels are even necessary? No, I'd actually, if if I could, I'd like to see them redone. Really? Oh, okay. What about you, Lunka? Uh, it's as much nostalgia I have for him. I feel like you could probably just pass over him or just watch one of the TV series instead. Damn, damn. I think well, that I think that George should have done sequels, and Disney should have been working on prequels. So I wish that he would have done after Return of the Jedi, and then I don't right want to now go into the microverse. Oh well, yeah, like he had like some bonker plans. I yeah, like that's that's been you know acknowledged and put out there. But I also, and that's where we'll end the the episode soon. Uh, as far as like where Star Wars is now, um, you know, I feel like Disney kind of just had no roadmap. They're just kind of they they can kind of freeball it, you know. Uh, where if you have a prequel, it was all about this is how Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker's father becomes, you know, the bad guy, pretty much. And the, the, the concepts and the ideas and seeing a uh, younger Obi-Wan Kenobi and seeing the Jedi at their prime, not even their prime, but, you know, in a, in a definitely not in a Yoda living in a, a shack on Dagobah and shit like that. Like it was different, you know, and. I, yeah. I love those things, but I think everybody now thinks about the very specifics of it. Where if you just tell me like when all the prequels were announced, it was just like, oh, dude, we're about to see Anakin Skywalker become Darth Vader. And like you said, uh, like uh, as far as that poster, that's that was the big pitch. That's like what this whole thing mm -hmm. is. So do you think that they got yeah. from that concept? of just focusing on Anakin Skywalker's story. Do you think that that works in the prequels at all or, or no, even with the Clone Wars? Cause I know that they I, really beefed up his character in that. I think that if you're going to do it as a movie following Anakin's fall to Vader, right? Right. You start with attack of the clones. Phantom wow. Menace just goes away. Good idea. That movie it doesn't exist anymore. Keep you going. start with Attack of the Clones, then you go to Revenge of the Sith, then you do a movie basically right after Revenge of the Sith with Vader hunting down the Jedi. Mm. 
and merge so, it with like Rogue One, maybe even. Like yeah. you could have like two side the birth of the rebellion, but also like this is Vader taking out the rest of the Jedi and, and stuff like that. Yeah, that could and work. Then, and then you can show that final because we see it at the end of Revenge of the Sith. He's still conflicted at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, he's crying. Yeah. You know, looking uh, you know, because I somebody pointed it out and I thought it was really cool. It's because that boy on Tatooine had realized, oh shit, my dreams of becoming this Jedi Knight Master, whatever are ruined gone. now they're just done and he killed you know that that iconic scene of like master skywalker what are we to do and it's for my own and he cuts down the younglings and stuff like yeah man you feel for anakin i i think anakin's almost a this is going to be kind of controversial but a more interesting character than luke like as far as like the, his downfall <laughs> And I him even being, say that's controversial. I, yeah, I, yeah agree. I don't think that's. I, I, I kind of agree with that. Okay, okay. Because I mean, Luke is like the, a very typical hero call hero call to a greater destiny kind of thing. Yeah, the hero's journey. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because yeah. and then you look at uh, the new trilogy, where they showcase they they bring back Luke, and instead of having development instead of even showing any development he's now just this jaded Ang outsider just an angry old man yeah i i expect him to yell at someone to get off his lawn he kind of does <laughs> yeah i mean if you really think about it he kind of does yeah. get off my mountain and he he technically redeems himself in a way like yeah he does the self-sacrifice thing but they could have gone in so many other directions with this. Like, don't have him be out in isolation, cut off from the force because, oh, I made a singular bad decision. Like, I like no, it. Have him, like, I would have liked it if he was off in some uncharted sector dealing with some other threat or finding some other connection with the force. Like, yes, he severed his connection with the force. Sure, fine, dandy. But he did that out of grief. And this, he went on a journey to find, to reconnect with the force in his own way, instead of just, I'm gonna hide on this mountain because I'm angry well, at myself. It also could have been, because you, you pitched that, uh, you know, the new movie idea where the Sith show up. Luke cuts himself off from the force because he's afraid the Sith are going to find him. He doesn't do yeah. it out of grief. He does it out of fear. And yeah, and, and mm -hmm. that that is a there's a whole rant that I went on earlier yeah. about how I <laughs> like because episode one, like episode eight or no. Well, like seven. Should I? Should I? Ep episode episode seven. Okay, Force they, Awakens. Yeah. They set all this up, and for the most part, I'm generally fine. I was generally fine with it. Um, episode eight, pretty much at the point of Snoke. The fact that Snoke was a extra, he had no background, kind of bothered me. The way I think they should have gone with it, and put giant spoiler tag here for people who have not seen the final movie who hasn't seen the final movie who or that would care 
Uh, I think we've all, yeah. Okay. If you're at this point in this episode, yeah, you're good. You're good. Yeah. So yeah, good. the fact that Palpatine returned, he is the big bad of everything. Mm. Scrap that. Replace Snoke with this clone of Palpatine. So yeah, just, it's it's revealed they, that they needed to embrace Snoke to actually make him a character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it will either make Snoke his own thing or remove Snoke and have it be a actual clone of Palpatine that Kylo and Rey cut down. And as a result, when that happens, Kylo and Rey, instead of being on opposite sides of this again, Rey is now actually embracing both sides of the force. She agree. She understands the power that comes from the dark side and understands the restraint that the light side shows, but knows that both sides are needed. So she's pretty much establishing the gray Jedi order. Yeah. Balance everyone... in the force. Like, yeah. That's the way I look at balancing the force is that middle of understanding both and yep. that you really can't be on one extreme or the other. It leads to failure to some extent. So yeah, exactly. go on. Yeah. So, I want to point out real quick that gray Jedi balance the force, whatever the, that is what Lucas film has been hinting and crawling towards since the first KOTOR. Mm -hmm. But I'm backing up your point with that. Like it makes total sense that that's where the sequel trilogy was headed. And lightsaber. Didn't they do that in the, the shows like rebels? And stuff like that. And Ahsoka is in Ahsoka technically a, a gray Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Ahsoka is technically a gray Jedi. <laughs> but so you have which, her. Which they would oh. then call Skywalkers. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot I, to say about the mm, trilogy. Mm. Uh, so I also pref would keep Rey as a nobody. She has no special genealogy. Uh, she is the embodiment of just the return of the force to the universe. Because for a while, there were no force-sensitive in individuals being found. So she is a resurgence in the force being found in the universe. Kylo sees this, understands, and decides to join up. He agrees to her. Like, he accepts the hand extended to him. Mm -hmm. So far, it sounds like you just want to throw episode nine in the trash, like episode one. Absolutely. Um, okay. <laughs> I agree. So, and what would happen is General Hux, who's still, because he, he was still alive. Okay. Okay. Real quick. While you're redoing the sequel trilogy here, uh, <laughs> before I redo the sequel trilogy. Okay. Oh General Hux, um, as the, as portrayed in The Last Jedi, like they shit on him hard. Are you. Are you going to shit on him just as hard throughout no. your year, or no. are you going to keep him more as that menacing that he was in the first? He he remains being menacing because okay. General Hux now gets a message. He is standing where Snoke would normally be for whatever message Snoke would get because Kylo has left. General Hux gets a message. It is an original Sith. Okay. So, because the Sith have been the... The true Sith, the actual race of Sith, have been missing from the galaxy. In past lore, it was because the galaxy basically oh. banded together to kick them the hell out into dark space. The race of Sith, like the yes. wizards. The race of Sith. Okay, okay. So, 
General Hux gets this message from them, kind of taken aback, but gives them the update. And the ending of the film is basically this Sith guy on this hollow projector saying, very well, we will take care of this ourselves. And the message cuts out. You get to the ninth film. The First Order is still being antagonistic, but not necessarily as aggressively so. But Hux is mysteriously missing from all of this. You get about a third of the way through the film, and a new armada shows up, blasting both sides without warning. I gotta warn you, mine's gonna be a little similar. Yours is gonna be a little what? Similar. Ah. Go ahead. This new armada is the Sith armada back from dark space. However, Kylo and Rey, who have now joined forces, decide to, like, they now start fighting against this. And since Luke didn't have to sacrifice himself at the end of the second film, he could have almost been non-present. And he returns. Turns out he was in dark space trying to either figure out what was going on after severing himself from the Force or having rediscovered his connection with the Force and realizing what has happened has returned. Still has a noble sacrifice. So the Skywalker genealogy is now at its precipice and begins to fade away because it's Ben Solo, not Ben Skywalker. So the Skywalker gene like bloodline can end and you have the new rise of this gray Jedi order after mm. pushing back the Sith. Nice. I vibe with that. I like that. Yeah, because the ending that we have where, you know, the old lady asks Ray what her name is. <laughs> Ray Skywalker, <laughs> go right to hell. <laughs> Exactly. I I agree. Yeah, directly to hell. They Uh, they had they had no plan, guys. Like you guys are really better, like better ideas for. And I'm gonna be real quick before light and anybody else wants to uh, rework the the modern trilogy. Oh no, I'm all for it. I just want to say that I I just I feel like they should have just followed the extended universe. I oh, but didn't you hear Kathleen Kennedy? Oh, I know, man. There's no source material that they can pull from. There's no source <laughs> material to make these movies. If only there were books do? about God. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy, go to hell. I, okay. Light. I I, light. Go ahead. No, I, I know you're going to rework it. I just want to say my piece on this because I've said it before <laughs> and I want it on record. Go for it. They have pulled so much shit from the legacy of the Force books with Han and Leia's son going evil. You know the uh, the but where are the twins? Star, Star Killer Base, which is basically the galaxy gun. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, I would have preferred the Sun Crusher. The Sun Crusher would have all. It, it's Look, a combination of the galaxy gun and the Sun Crusher in one weapon. Yeah, it is. But, I, I it is a dumb quote from Kathleen Kennedy, but I I kind of despise all the hate that's suddenly reaped upon her when she's done fine in this role for years. I, I don't I, I have no hatred for her. I just think it's a stupid quote. Like I think it's a dumb thing to say because yeah. you could have made an awesome sequel the trilogy point, just using Legacy of the Force. 
Yeah, and and the whole point of turning the extended universe into the legends was so that they could pick and choose from. Yeah, because they use uh, you don't have anything. Uh, who's that? Who's the character that ended up being in Rebels? Uh, uh, Thrawn. Well, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. get to that. Yeah. So I look and real quick. Uh, I don't know, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's just kind of the face of it. I don't know if it's Disney. I don't know if it's her, but somebody, somebody, you know, totally just backstabbed George, really. I mean, I've heard that George, like, literally said, this is what I have in vision. I mean, I don't know if he's... It was in contract that they they were legally obligated to at least consider his... But I think it's just, isn't that just kind of like a slap to the face? Is to it just kind of become a billionaire. I I think that the story Nobody of George Lucas is is the same as like the Skywalkers. I think that there's a lot of threads and themes that he kind of sneaked in there to just kind of show like because but he he just kind of fell out of love with the thing that he made. Really, it felt like you know, and then Disney just kind of did their thing with it, and they're like, we're just gonna print money. Yeah, the I think that a big a big big chunk of the problems come down to Disney rushing Star Wars into production. Okay, the, the that's setup, fair. The setup for the production line of having like a a saga movie every two years is actually pretty dope. Um, Rogue One was good, but Solo should have been a TV show. Yeah. Anyway. Um. But I will. I do want to say that, like, Episode Eight. If if we were doing all the Star Wars ranked, Episode Eight is my number one. I put it above Empire. Hmm. Okay. I do love that one as well. Yeah, I I really love the Last Jedi. And then, on paper, I can understand where people think that there's a beef between Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams, especially whenever they're like, "Oh, look at this! Look at this! Look at this!" But I feel that. Episode 8 did not contradict 7, and that 9 wasn't shitting on Ryan Johnson. I think that JJ's just real reactionary to the fans. A lot of the crap that they put into The Force Awakens, uh, the fact that he was going to have Jar Jar Binks' skull, like JJ Abrams is a fan who reveres Star Wars, but the OT above all else. He's one of those type of fans. And he came into Force Awakens with a bunch of ideas people had been calling for for years. And then Ryan Johnson took it his direction, and he's the type of Star Wars fan who celebrates it all, clearly likes the prequels and the OT. And then for uh, The Rise of Skywalker, when J.J. came back, it just seems like he's just reacting again and doing what the most vocal part of the fandom was saying. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, like, I agree to a lot of that, but I also feel like J.J. had plans... Ryan came in, he said, nah, you know, like really, that's basically what it, from my perspective, he said, Knights of Ren, nah, Snow, nah. Way. Well, I mean, like I, I it, the whole, like, what is it? Subverse your expectations or whatever. Like, yeah. like Ryan was like, you know, and the whole thing with Yoda and Luke, where he's like, oh, those, si- but they're, they're ancient Jedi texts. That was like, basically to me, I took it as him talking to fans saying the extended universe. And we're like, but, but there's all this other stuff, and and Yoda's like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, right? That's on fire now, you know. It doesn't I matter. The I, thing I don't like in that scene, personally, is that 
Luke was walking up to it with a torch. <laughs> what? Why? And then yeah, he, he, got w- mad. he was preparing to destroy it all, which is why he yeah. had the ceremonial robes, the torch. Luke was ready to just end the Jedi Order. Like, it like, is Luke now was no more. Burn it down. And then all of a sudden he decides, I'm not going to do this. Yoda burns it down and he flips out on Yoda and it's like, dog, like you're still <laughs> oh, holding yeah. the toy. Well, I and see, like, I'm okay with the whole concept of the last Jedi uh, approaching this idea of like the Jedi have to end. Obviously, it's not working. You know, obviously, like yeah. from the prequels on, it seems like a cycle that's going to repeat itself. Yep. And and hopefully somebody was going to kind of go, duh, okay. And, and, and I'm fine with that. But then it was just kind of like the way that they handled it, it felt more meta. It felt like more of like a Disney telling fans. It felt like somebody else saying that. it. And, it's yeah. And like I, like I was saying, like when you write it down, cause obviously I, I realized this shit through reading articles first. Like I, I, I got, I, it's hard for me to hate the sequel trilogy because it's what actually made me a star Wars. I've dabbled with star Wars throughout my life, but I was not an actual fan until the force awakens. Okay, fair. Um, That's cool, and though. so I can see on paper, and I agree with all your points, and I get the meta level of it, but when I'm sitting there watching it, it doesn't feel like it. It's like how I actually disliked Rise of Skywalker way more before I watched it. Mm. Just hearing about the stuff that happens in it versus seeing it in the movie, it felt totally different to me. Now, this is just a quick point, and I want to bring this up, and this applies, I think, bigger uh, or it's larger than Star Wars. I I don't know how many of you guys follow sports, right? But I think that when things last longer than just a moment in time, like they're generational, that they go Mm -hmm. decades, right? That it's like Batman, okay? Everybody has their Batman because that's when they watch Batman for the first time, whether it was Michael Keaton or whether it was Ben Affleck, right? I mean, like, I think that... I think that's what happened with Star Wars. You had the people who yeah. watched the original trilogy, grew up with the original tri- trilogy, and then they hated the prequels. You had people yep. like me who grew up with the prequels, and 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 I guess you could say don't like the new trilogy. But there's, there's definitely a, t- a, a part of the group that says so, that the prequels are good and the sequels below. So is that a thing where no matter what you have, if it if it lasts multiple generations there is going to be a point where you're just going to upset people because you're either going to you're going to rehash things or you're going to just take it in a completely different direction where it's like no this isn't even star wars anymore you know to quote some people's favorite batman movie you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain damn see maybe that's what that's how i feel though because everybody's like let's say basketball it's like no michael jordan's the best player no lebron james it's like well it's your generation you're yeah. you're just attached to those things you respect what came before but what comes after it's going to be kind of a 50 50 shot like you're either going to like and love what direction star wars is going in today or you're going to absolutely hate it and that's just because where did you come into star wars like you just said like the new trilogy really got you into it so the things that kind of rub me the wrong way come from the the perspective of being into the star wars stuff from like the 90s and beyond mm-hmm. and so there's that like hold up hmm i spent all this t- you know it's it's for me yeah. saying i took all this time reading extended universe books falling into all these canon things that are supposedly you know 
part of the story. And then when Disney came through, they just kind of nah. And then the, I see, would not that sucked for everybody who loved that shit being canon. But for me, it was the most freeing moment because I got to then start with the new canon. But uh, that the only thing, see, I, it, they can do whatever they want with Star Wars. They can do whatever they want with Harry Potter. They can do what, what whatever they want with any of these things that we, all these properties that we like that continue to make money because, yes, they're popular. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have your favorites. It's like your favorite band. You're like, ah, nothing beats that first couple CDs. Like now they've changed yeah. up. Yeah. They're just completely different now, right? So when it comes to Star Wars, it's just the fact that it was so obvious that they had no plan. They had no roadmap. They had no idea. And they just said, here, director, insert name, J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, take control. Like, be our uh, Russo brothers. Be our, you know, whoever. And and it was just so obvious because the ideas and stories conflicted. That's all. I don't, you know. Well, that's that's okay, my. So big I don't. Thing. I don't think that. I really don't think that they conflict. Like I think that. Okay, so the the Force Awakens kind of a miracle that it got made, right? They um, they hired Academy Award winning screenwriter Michael Arndt to write the Force Awakens, um, and he was working on it with J.J. Abrams. He came to Disney. He's like, you know, it'll take me a year and a half to do this script and then uh we'll be good and they're like you've got six months and he's like well i can't write it in that time and so that's whenever jj took over and they they rehired what's his dick that wrote return of the jedi lawrence kasdan and he and jj just took the handful of shit that they already had and shit out the force awakens and so it's a miracle that it's as good as it is right um yeah i mean but the the thing that i will take with the force awakens and i don't know if anybody else agrees it's a safe movie it's it is Mm -hmm. technically a reboot a soft reboot Mm -hmm. uh jj abrams is really good at cinematography and making a movie look cool i don't think he's the best writer i think that he idolizes the people like spielberg and george and he just takes their ideas and does them again and that's what we got with force awakens and i feel like that's why the next two films whether you want to say they contrast or not, they just, they seem like they are obviously made by two different people or written, you know, there just seems like there's no, it doesn't sync together where I think I kind of think they do. So, so my thing with the sequel trilogy is that I think that the force awakens and the last Jedi play perfectly back to back as the first movie of the trilogy and if I had my way, like my sequel trilogy that I would be remaking, it would be six films, which with doubling up. So like your your middle part would be the next two movies, eight and nine. And then, you know, hmm. like that. So we'd go all the way to like, uh, uh, you know, what, 12? Yeah. Instead of nine. Did you want to, uh, did you want to share? Yeah. So, so seven and eight are, are part of the films. And since we have more space to breathe, the like bullshit uh uh space race like that the the whole juck like like the whole crux of uh the last jedi where they're just like aimlessly floating through space oh yeah that chase that was so slow and yeah Yeah. put that in the first movie and take the destruction of star killer base and move it to the second movie with that being where the throne room scene is 
replace the Praetorian guards as cool as they look as action figures. Replace them with the Knights of Ren guarding <laughs> Snoke. Okay, I'm down with that. Okay. And we have this huge fight. A few, there can still be some Praetorian guards, but we have the throne room fight scene where after Kylo Ren, uh, you know, takes his role as Supreme Leader, uh, he and Rey have their schism. They're both moving towards being great Jedi, but still leaning on either side. Rey is obviously a good guy. Kylo Ren is trying to be a bad guy. Um, second two movies is the battle between them and you wonder where it's going because we already killed off the emperor character and it looks like we're building kylo to be the emperor character like the new emperor uh for the first order and whatnot um and then the final two movies instead of having a final death star you have your final galactic battle and that's because in movie 11 uh the the threat that comes out of nowhere control had the sith for mine it's the chiss it's uh it's Thrawn coming back Ooh. and being the ultimate big bad guy that brings uh Kylo Ren and Rey together to fight. And then your your happy go lucky ending is them starting a new Jedi school where they're not afraid to talk about the dark side of the force and what it offers and they 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 consider balance and they view themselves as skywalkers. Now now can we can we all come to agree that bringing back Palpatine was a bad idea. I yes. could again. I and could the, actually or, see Palpatine as the big bad if it was six movies long and they had time to build it up and they didn't just like cram four movies into the last film. I feel like if it wasn't like I feel like if he had possessed somebody, you know, a lot of people. I remember all the Snoke rumors, right? Yeah. All the, all, you know, oh, he's really Palpatine, but he possessed somebody. You know. I, I think that your idea of like having Thrawn or somebody who's not a Sith Lord be the big bad, like this military genius. Well, the whole point, would be the whole point of Thrawn was supposed to be that one, the Empire favors humans, so it's crazy that a Chiss made it this far. Two, right. the Chiss are from the unknown regions of space. We don't know anything about them. Thrawn was always supposed to be a sleeper agent that came here, studied how our uh, military worked, then fled back to Chiss occupied space so that they could take over the whole galaxy. Now, now, can we also agree? Now, I want to. This is with everything that, with how it played out. And we're going to wrap up here in the next like 15, 20 or so minutes, guys. Uh, thank yeah. you guys. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you guys who are part of this episode for hanging out. No, we're getting late. Um, but I really wanted Kylo Ren to not die. Like, I think that would have made me feel li- just a, a little bit better because I think that there is that redemption that would have been nice now granted you could say and argue well he does redeem himself he saves ray he you know he does kind of go to the good side and i know a lot of people would say well the dude killed han solo okay you can't there's no coming back from that like but the whole him and ray thing i don't i'm not mad about that from the last jedi and anything i think that that would have been cool it would have been like a, a basically a dark force user and a white force user coming together and, and 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 literally showing the balance of the force in that in that like all right we're gonna put our differences aside yeah and and, and then out of that comes the future generation instead of just yeah. like ray I'm, I, you know i'm a skywalker and yeah you know ben's dead um yeah. but <laughs> but yeah so go on man go on my bad oh no man i i just 
Uh, I wanted so much from that sequel trilogy. Like, there's so much that just feels dropped. I, I, the cast was so good. Also, I really don't ship Ray and Kylo. Like, the, I don't know where that came from. I was actually about to bring that up next. <laughs> the, Go for it. Yeah, oh, the, really the, Ray, the Ray and Kylo romance made no sense. Thank it, you. It, in, in the end, like, yes, they kept having these, like, forced links and these forced talks throughout the the movies sure fine dandy but there was i just never felt like it was sexual yeah there was no romantic chemistry they they were closer to a sibling chemistry like yeah the the later feeling between luke and leia where i was like yes they have this connection there's no romance between it you know where the romance should have been finn and ray they said they set it up in episode one it was like Wow, oh. Finn really cares about her. Wow, she actually kind of cares about Finn. You know, it's a slow developing thing. Now you got her. friend zone, bro. <laughs> In the worst no possible way. <laughs> it is so fucking cathartic to hear somebody else say that. I thought I was a and and then they ham fisted the uh, the Rose and Finn thing, and it was like, where I the really, sh- uh, yeah, where. Where from left field did this just get thrown from? Because we fight for what we love, Control. Right? I, I would I would <laughs> defend a lot of Rose Tico, but I fucking hate that so much. Like, I, yeah, it just, it did not, it didn't make sense. She, there was, for those two, there was no buildup. There None. was no hinting, no inclination for any type of romantic feeling yeah, there was from her. Even, like they they were just uh, beginning. The guy falling in love with the bad guy thing. Well, no, exactly. th- this is. I mean that, and yeah, that's the Ray Kylo thing. But this is the the Finn Rose relationship. It was like there was no build up, there was no connection, there was no hint. At I it. feel like he even plays it like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, he yeah. does. Oh yeah, he went hundred percent through that entire time. He's just like Rose. The hell. <laughs> that was my, my moment. I was sacrificing myself to save the ones I love. Because what, like, what you just doomed to them. What do they end up doing with him? You know what I'm saying? Like, Nothing. what does. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. So it, it really even pours more salt on the wound because he does nothing in Rise of Skywalker. Yes, he well, meets some people that are like. That, he does say that he has to tell Ray something twice. So. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, and he met like some other people that got out of the first order, right? Stupid fucking mystery box shit. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I was gonna been... say, JJ, it's the last movie. <laughs> Don't introduce more mystery boxes. Stop it. <laughs> you know, you know what? What was kind of bullshit with the first order troopers is when he looks at them and he's like, "What made you? What made you guys like quit being stormtroop?" And she's like, "Oh no, it's just a feeling." It it should have been you did like we all heard about you rebelling Ooh. against the, the reprogramming and that inspired us that's what that's how it should have been yeah yeah it's like we heard we heard the rumors of what happened at star killer base and everyone that gave us the story of that gave us the confidence to break yeah. away everybody knows the story of fn2187 taking down phasma oh phasma Gosh. Another Wait, wasted uh, character. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm very upset that they kept her dead because I was hoping that no matter what, even though I knew I wasn't <laughs> going to get my six films, 
that at least in all three, she would come like be her badass Boba Fett self and then die just as unceremoniously again. <laughs> just make it a reoccurring thing. <laughs> yeah. I still, I still want to know how the fire. hell she got out of the trash compactor on Starkiller Base. <laughs> so many questions. Yeah, it, it, a lot of missed opportunities, man. And I think that's what's unfortunate because, one, we know Disney has the money. We know that there's source yeah. material there. We know that there was talented actors involved. We know that there was talented directors involved and writers. We know that the pieces were there. But yeah. it just feels like there was such a combination of other things that interfered. And fans were a part of that. Let's be honest. Like you were saying, I understand the the point of Rise of Skywalker is a reaction to the hate that Last Jedi got. And it, um, I think it's, it's just a reaction to the most vocal fans. I think that J.J. tried to please the most vocal group each time he made a Star Wars. But the most vocal group all the time is those people that are upset in any fandom and anything. You're The people yeah. that are the most upset are going to be the loudest. And they're going to yeah. troll you and they're going to post comments on YouTube and, and all the stuff and, and start, you know, uh, patent. Uh, what, what are those pages that people have been starting to uh, get like the movies remade? Um, oh, the yeah. petitions. Oh, yeah, the, the petition page. What, what yeah. is it? There's a website that's busy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That sounds stupid. Anyways. Uh, Change.org. <laughs> yeah. Change.org. Thank uh. you. Oh, all right. Save me. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. It's just weird, man. It's such a weird thing because Disney did a really good job with Marvel. And even then, I think distance from the MCU has given me perspective on certain things. Uh, a lot of people in quarantine have been talking about how certain films aren't as good. You know, maybe we got caught up in the whole MCU. And Star Wars can be kind of the same way with how you're... Uh, we've all mentioned how they just were putting one out every year. It's like, all right, here's this. All right, Solo, Rogue One. All right. Yeah. And it just was like, dang, you, no chance to breathe. And then once you finally do get a moment to kind of dissect it, because think about it, dude. My biggest gripe with Rise of Skywalker is how fucking fast that movie's moving. It's just like, oh, my yeah. God, we're here. Now we're here. Oh, boop, boop, boop. You know, it's just no, like, I wasn't, I wasn't kidding about that being Wait, multiple movies stuff. What, wasn't that whole end sequence with the uh, oh, with the Star Destroyers, like the new Star Destroyers is like <laughs> 16 hours or something. And they go to like four different planets. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure your clock has run out. Bro, but no, yeah. just go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. No, no. <laughs> it didn't run out because those the Star Destroyer captains don't know which way is up. And they're all <laughs> equipped with planet-destroying weapons, weren't they? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Every single one of them. Uh, <laughs> like, can we talk about how the, they got all these Star Destroyers out of the ground and then they just sat them there for like 16 hours, like well, I said? Yeah. <laughs> how about all the people that have been living there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Disney Plus show coming soon, guys. Uh, Grandpa, uh, what was it like growing up planet. underneath the Sith planet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, always two there are, never more, never less, except for all these dudes. <laughs> except exactly. for this giant army on this planet. I mean, don't worry about them. Oh, man. Uh, was anybody uh, upset with Leia uh, when she was flying through space or anything? Isn't that a common gripe that people have? So, I just want to say... I've never had a problem with either the quote-unquote Holdor maneuver, geez, um, or the, the Leia, like, pulling herself back with the Force. I don't like the way it was presented. For some reason, it doesn't yeah. look 
looks weird. It, it looked a little cheesy. Like she's just in there doing the Superman pose. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it makes I sense. Don't mind I don't the know idea. How you make it look better. Yeah, like we but all I agree don't have that a problem with the idea of her using the force, and they kind of even like touch on that some more in uh, Rise of Skywalker when we get that. Yeah, sort of cool scene where Luke and Leia are training in the woods somewhere, and I wish that's we would have got more of that, man. That was the best scene in the whole movie, there. Yeah. Damn, <laughs> damn. And also, then they try to introduce new characters, man. Go ahead, go ahead, Sesh. Oh, I was gonna say, I love the fact that the uh, theaters for the holdover maneuver had to post uh, flyers saying, "By the way." This shit oh, happens. Yeah. Please stop complaining. There's there's a moment <laughs> of silence in this movie. There's nothing wrong with the speakers. Oh no. I mean, oh, yes. when, when we saw the trailers, there was that little hit like, "Oh, Kylo's gonna kill Leia," and then yeah. uh, you know, I mean, Last Jedi had me so hyped, bro. I ain't gonna lie, dude. I was like, dude, this is gonna be fun. We're gonna see Luke train Ray, and what's Kylo gonna do? He's all like you know fuck it i'm doing my own thing and i don't know i just feel like it was just as much as you say and i'm not gonna rehash this but as much as we say that rise of skywalker is a reaction i feel like last jedi was also like an opposite reaction it was literally just like everything that was sort of set up just reverse and 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 i i mean maybe i haven't watched it in a long time i really don't have any yeah go for it uh, then let me say, I didn't, I felt like completely like ambiguous. I didn't feel either good or bad about the movie the first time I watched it. Okay. And then it took months of thinking about it until it came out on video and I could watch it again. But every subsequent watch through of that movie has been better and better and better. It's better like, to, to me. The point that, like I said, it's my favorite Star Wars. Rise of Skywalker makes the Last Jedi better. That's weird to say, but it, it does for me. If we're if we're if, if that's what we're gonna do, like if we're ranking that's it, rough. it literally is a downslope. So Force Awakens is good. Last Jedi is worse, in my opinion, than you know if mm-hmm. whatever word you want to use. Okay, but the there's certain things that I almost feel like, damn, I wanted Ryan Johnson to just finish it. He should just finished it. Why did you bring JJ back? Well, because everybody was so upset with. Uh, I would maybe so happy if that happened. I know, man. I mean, just because it would have been consistent, there was just this lack of consistency. Um, oh, and we got we got Saber back. Um, yeah, man. So I don't know. There's just it, it, when Luke threw that lightsaber, I think that was just like a huh. And then when they killed Snoke, I was like huh. There was just certain things that were just like, are these just happening just to happen? Or is there actually going to be something that comes from that? And then Rise of Skywalker literally did nothing with any of that and uh, yeah. actually tried to tried to backpedal. You know, we see Luke raises X-Wing or or does some stuff. He tries to like, hey, look, it's does that a Jedi's weapon should be respected. Although I have yeah. a and it's like he takes a minute, looks at the audience and winks. Ding. <laughs> it's like, oh, gosh. Yeah. This is not while I yeet like my that, weapon but... off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. It does feel like that, but also his arc in Last Jedi was, you know, it like could it work. Make that he would say it. Yeah, it it doesn't feel right though. Yeah, like, happens. do you think that like the setup was there? Like though. he turns to the camera immediately, winks, rips off his shirt, and he's fucking cut. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean? all that like, that blue in, melt, in a lot dude. of ways, 
in a lot of ways, the Rise of Skywalker feels like a sequel to <laughs> the Last Jedi movie that they wanted to remake. Like, yeah, like if that if that Change.org petition happened and the fans did remake Last Jedi, uh, then the sequel would be Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, uh, and I don't know. I've I I like Luke Skywalker. Even though, like, in this episode, I said, like, you know, Anakin's deeper and blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. Just to kind of see him after all these years, Mark Hamill is such a great actor. And he's been luckily able to go beyond being just Luke Skywalker. Like, kind of hope the same thing happens to, like, people like Daniel Radcliffe and Robert Patterson. Where they kind of get to, like, break out of the, you know, what they're known for. But... The fact that he came back and just was like, all right, you're going to be this grumpy old man version of Luke. And and I okay. think that that can work, but I don't think it was executed. Like him not knowing that Han died, like you're that disconnected from the Force, Luke. Come on, when Chewie yeah. shows up and it's like, whoa, where's Han or what's going on? And it's like, come on, Luke. Come on, bro. You're like, it, 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 I don't know how the Force really works anymore. I don't know if it's like this, you know, you have 100% of Force in the universe. And every person that has the force takes a percentage of that hundred percent. So the if like Skywalker the, taught us it's all for plot convenience now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, just, it doesn't even matter. I, look, we can rant and rave. I, okay, um, okay, real quick though. Yeah, go for it. For for Rise of Skywalker and the fact that, you know, they showed us that the last Jedi showed us that that Yoda could burn shit. And then Rise of Skywalker showed a ghost Luke catching a lightsaber and raising an X Wing there's no reason that it shouldn't have been all the force ghost Jedi fucking fighting off Palpatine's lightning. <laughs> Where, oh, yeah. Where's Mace Windu Instead busting of... out his lightsaber and going <laughs> exactly. at Palpatine? I'm <laughs> back. <laughs> it should have been more than voices. It should have been the ghosts of every voice that we hear. Yeah. With the only, I... <laughs> with the only ghost that's not present is Ahsoka Tano because they want to keep it a mystery as to whether she's just talking to Ray through the force or if she's one of the ghosts. And uh, I don't know. I kind of now thinking about it. I'm like, I kind of wish that it was Obi-Wan instead of Yoda. Because we really hadn't. I mean, yeah, Yoda ends up being that master. But But it should have been more Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah, Obi-Wan shows up and talks to him. It should have been like Obi-Wan kind of like, hey, now you know what it feels like to be the old Jedi guy. huh? I I actually that. I would have been okay if it was uh, if it was Anakin. Oh, my I wanted God. Anakin concept. Did you hear the concept for whenever Anakin's ghost was involved in Force Awakens? What? During development, and it's in one of the early art bro- uh, art books on the road to Force Awakens, whatever. But Anakin's ghost would constantly phase shift between being Anakin and being and Darth Vader, Vader uh, to show that you never truly lose that darkness inside of you. Would it have great, great Jedi and all? Would it have been cheesy if uh, we had Anakin talk to Ray and Vader talk to Kylo, like separate identities that were actually the same? As if they being? were two different personalities yeah. of the Force. That would have been right. interesting. Be cool. I would have loved that seen that. But no, I I would have wanted to see Anakin show up to Luke. Oh, that and basically been... give him a talk. It's like, yeah, no. The reason I went down the path that I did is because of these texts. Blindly following mm. the words of those past does no one any good. 
and then he calls down the force lightning and sets him ablaze. It's like your final lesson is let go of the past and embrace the force. But instead, Yoda comes in with uh, it's failure is the greatest teacher. (laughs) And that that would fit with (laughs) Kylo's. That would uh, fit with Kylo's entire message throughout the movie. It's just. Yeah, but Kylo's the not past supposed, be- supposed to be wrong. No, what, in, mean- the, in the end, Kylo's whole thing is correct. It's like, no, your past doesn't make you who you are. And then it they go to the... But- he says, let the past die, though. Uh, you, you shouldn't let the past die because those who don't learn from it are doomed to repeat it. And and you can right. use what he's saying both ways. Like he didn't want to be the next Han Solo. He didn't want the pressure of his parents, right? He didn't want so in in that way, it's a it's a good thing that he should embrace that he's kind of actually rebelling away from. But mm-hmm. well, and the funny thing is, he's also embracing the past by obsessing over Vader. Oh yeah. yeah. And then yeah. when when Ray realizes she's a palpatine, and it's like, right. yeah. This is your past. Embrace your past. And her final decision of no, whatever past I have, whatever my genealogy is, it doesn't make who I am. And rejecting and removing that literally the shackles of her own history. And it's like now she can fully embrace oneness with the force, which allows her to, you know, pretty much counter whatever Papa Palps was doing. Well, the, isn't it funny that we've gone almost, I would say, I think we've almost gone two hours talking yeah. about Star Wars, right? Original prequels, new, everything. And if you guys want to hear any game opinions, I, I, I do before we end get, I want to get Lou and Kyle's favorite Star Wars video games. But if you want to get everybody else's a part of this episode, check out uh, Gaming Casuals latest episode and check that out. But out of all this, the one thing that I just didn't embrace, and that's when I kind of just like threw up my arms and almost wanted to walk out of the theater, was the whole Ray being a Palpatine. I was just like, that's unnecessary. She could have been anybody in the world. Yeah, she could have been a Windu. I, I don't the, care, dude. But I prefer the idea that she had no connection to anyone yeah. special. I didn't. Yeah, she didn't need to be a Kenobi yeah, or Skywalker. But it doesn't They'd even like stick. They'd like to know your family name. Oh, you guys want her just being about. someone that just happened to be Force-sensitive. Yeah, I mean, the resurgence of the yeah, Force to the galaxy. Let the Force awaken. Yeah, that works better than You know, Palpatine. like 90% <laughs> of any Force person that has no connection to Skywalker or Palpatine or all that, they just happen to be Force-sensitive. Yeah, yes. that's a thing. Yeah, I really don't like this implication that your bloodline is what dictates like how strong in the Force you actually are. But what about the midi chlorians? Oh no! Wasn't <laughs> oh, no. uh, Anakin like Star Wars Jesus? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He was. He was. He, he had, had no father. Dad. Yep. Well, and it's him, implied it that it was uh, Plagueis or something. Yeah. With him, it kind of makes sense if you go with the whole he didn't have a father bit that he's the strongest because of blood. But everyone else, yeah, force sensitivity just happens. It's a quirk. Yeah. Man. I was about to say something about that. Your own version of Jesus to be good at this. I lost this thought. I was trying to think of like, cause yeah, like Anakin is this chosen one 
story like do you think he brought oh. balance to the force do you think the prophecy <laughs> ever really came true now with all the well, movies being done considering they brought uh the emperor back i'm gonna go ahead and say no yeah yeah that yeah that's <laughs> dude that's my biggest gripe dude them Darth- bringing him back completely nullifies anakin's entire storyline from the first six movies <laughs> he, he yep. should have showed up at like the end and been pissed off like i mean the fact that he like is looking at luke and getting electrocuted by palpatine you know and, and you see that conflict he's looking back and forth he picks him up he throws him down the shaft boom takes off the mask let me look at you with my own eyes blah 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 he's dead and then boom fast track palpatine's still a clone alive. he's still around and he's still the quote-unquote big bag pulling the strings it just kind of seems like a very lazy uh, i would have liked to see yeah. a Sith possession palpatine without the clone I just, you know, Palpatine could just go. Like, think about that. If if, if Rise of Skywalker introduced two things that completely stain it, is Rey being a Palpatine and Palpatine being in that movie. You take those things away, like, and you leave Rey being nobody, and you leave Snoke even, or or if you have to, bring somebody else. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You you leave Rey nobody, but then you go back to the prequel trilogy, and it actually makes Snoke Darth Plagueis. Who conquered death and can come back from the dead? Oh, and one more thing—that that was one of the theories. Yeah, I know that, I that was I've never the used predominant that. So one, and I'd have been okay with that. Yeah, Is, isn't there a theory that Palpatine? You know how we we talked about it in this episode. I think at one point about how Padme lost the will to live. Wasn't there a rumor that Palpatine used her life force Drained to give it to Vader? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and to make him live like. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. It, it, it seems like the... Well, if the thing, he did kill her, then in the end, Anakin did get his revenge until he came back as a ghost. And see, that's it, man. Like, it's kind of like... Uh, I brought up Marvel a couple times, but like with time travel, when when the rules of the universe that you have built are starting to like just kind of be like, well, it can be anything. It kind of really... Each other. Yeah, it kind of yeah. ruins things. Like... You know, when when the force was simple, like we were talking about, like just pushing and, you know, lifting things. And now it's like now Palpatine has this Sith lightning storm that's like going crazy and you can bring people back. Now we, yeah, there's force healing. Fantasy is the most versatile sort of fiction you can have. You could do whatever the heck you want. But once you establish a a rule, you have to keep to it. Otherwise, every rule you ever make is meaningless. And that's, I think that's the problem with the Disney Star Wars is that it feels like Disney made those movies for Disney to make money. It wasn't for the fans. It wasn't to respect what came before in, in a way, right? Uh, like the rules and just like how there was no plan. And 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 and, and that's so important to fans is the lore and, and what, what we know can happen and what can't happen. And, and unless you bring something new, as long as it makes some kind of sense, like, oh, yeah, we've never seen this happen. But the fact that it comes out of nowhere, then people get desensitized to it. Yeah, like when Pal, uh, well, yeah, well, when Ray Palpatine shoots lightning and just, you know, just does shit. Like, you know, when people are doing things and you're like, what the fuck is happening now? Like, who, what is going on? I, I don't know. It, it's a weird place, but I don't think it's a terrible place. I think there are still a lot of things in modern Star Wars that are worth. We didn't even talk about the Mandalorian. We didn't even talk about. <laughs> Like Rogue One, well, yeah, we did. We didn't talk about Solo. I don't think we uh, need to. 
I got a quick yeah. weird question. Go for it. It's like, how do you feel about them digitizing actors? Oh. Because, like, you, you like the Luke and Leia training scene in Rise of Skywalker. Did you like the Leia scene in Rogue One? How did you or, feel about Tarkin? You know, no, yeah. I wasn't bothered by Tarkin's face. I was bothered by his robotic movement. And then the behind the scenes showed that, like, no, that's how the actor fucking moved. And yet that's the part that skeeves me out whenever I'm watching that movie. It, it's a weird thing. Like, I think studios are trying to practice this expensive way of, like, you know, we own you, Samuel L. Jackson. Like, your likeness. You are yeah. an actor. And we have now digital... Like Futurama, you know how they have the heads and the yeah. like, the little things. <laughs> well, like future MCU shit is always gonna have a Stan Lee cameo. Yeah, you can and always they're, DH they're eventually characters. Gonna, they're eventually gonna run out of you know the shit that they filmed with him. Yeah, and they're gonna start just digitally putting his face in places. It's weird. I don't know if I do. I, you know, I also it can be a little distracting when you have somebody, another actor, play a younger version. Like for instance, Solo. That guy who played, you know, a young Harrison Ford. That's a yeah. little distracting, but it's better than somebody uh, de-aging uh, somebody to look like a young Harrison Ford. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I like, uh, uh, what's her face? Mon Mothma. Oh, that was perfect, though. Yeah, that I was, think that, that was she, really she good. She looked great as a young Mon Mothma. That's why when you do things that are flashbacks or something like that, right? Do it in a different medium. Do it in like a Clone Wars where it's an animated show or a comic or something where yeah. you, you don't really need that person. Maybe you get someone who sounds like them and can and yeah. can at least do that. But I don't think that you need to always have a live action, you know, version. Uh, like in Black Widow, they're going to have the the general. I've seen him in there and he's younger. Oh, and it yeah, just and looks... Yeah, it just looks weird. It's very noticeable, at least. It's not. I don't think I we've think reached it was that good point. In Guardians, I think it was good in Ant Man. Oh yeah. Again, Parkin doesn't bother me, except when he moves. Like his face doesn't actually bother me. I, I don't get the uncanny valley that people do, but Leia yeah. totally does. Yeah, that Leia one. Yeah. And for some reason, I think Luke looks good in Rise of Skywalker, but again, Leia bugs me. But it's also in the dark, you know? It's almost like they also yeah. have to have certain conditions or settings to get away with it. You know how sometimes yeah. action yeah. scenes will always be really up close and kind of flash around, and you're like, what the hell is even going on? <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's just to kind of it's give you that control. illusion. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, um, I think we're we're at a wrapping point, and I know we've yeah. gone a little while, but I, I definitely appreciate this conversation. I, I know there's a lot that we didn't cover, but I think we covered a lot as well. So... Um, if everybody would like to go around and, and say how others can reach them or, or what they do. And if you have anything else you want to add right before we close out about Star Wars, feel free to say that as well. And then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up the episode. So, uh, whoever wants to start Sedge, you want to, you want to start with you, bro? Uh, I think I said everything I need to say. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, uh, you stream on Twitch, though, right? Yes, sir. All right, all right. I'm going to drop the link for that. Um, Lord and Cal, thank you for being on the show, man. How can people connect with you? Thank you for having me. And uh, if you guys would like to uh, connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Lord and Kyle. And I do a lot of gaming content on YouTube. Also hey. at Lord and Kyle. Like there bullying people in Civ 6. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
The yeah. Pod Wars. <laughs> uh, we gotta finish that. Uh, I, need have to know, to. I need to know how something plays <laughs> out. <laughs> um, let's see. Who else wants to go? Control. Where can people find you, bro? Well, you can hunt me down on uh, on Twitch. Otherwise, I have a uh, page on Facebook. Uh, Ziguru Review. Admittedly, I take like month and a half long hiatuses from writing there, but pretty much similar to what this podcast does and what we do over at Gaming Casual. Uh, it's pretty much just thought pieces about things that, you know, pique my interest, usually about video games or video game reviews. Nice. Nice. And and, and just to let everybody know, all the links are going to be in the description of this episode. So uh, don't don't feel pressure to remember. Just go check out the description. Uh, Twilight, thank you for joining in. Uh, how can people reach you? Uh, on DeviantArt and in their Twitch channels, both under the name Midnight Direwolf. Hey, awesome, awesome. And Lightsaber, drop it, man. Yeah, uh, you can find me angrily throwing a tantrum inside a control room with my lightsaber, causing two <laughs> stormtroopers to back off. <laughs> As you do. And on Twitter at King Kegel. There you go. There you go. Hey, look, I appreciate everybody. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, this is, uh, what, the 5th of May? So the Revenge of the 5th. But, you know, we did this whole thing for, you know, May the 4th be with you and all that good stuff. And even though Disney has been kind of taking some of that stuff down. Uh, one in the morning. It's six. <laughs> it's now the 6th. It's, it's the rise of the 6th. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Just keeping it going. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll talk later. Thank you for listening to Wonder Soul. Connect with the podcast through social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Search Wonder Soul. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, and review. You can find us on YouTube and Twitch. We appreciate your support. Wonder Soul hopes you have yourself a good day.